Radio Studio at the George Washington Broadcast Center. Jack Armstrong and Joe Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. We've obtained new images out of Chicago from over the weekend. Please be advised, some may find what we're about to show you graphic. Thousands of young people gathered for a three-day music festival without masks. Look at them. Didn't they hear Joe Biden's dire warning about a second dark winter? Many of those who claim to follow the science became very upset at this site. They don't like to see people outside having fun. They want you to believe these concert goers are in grave danger. And that might be true. They are in Chicago, after all. <laughs> Good one. Ben Dominich there. So you yeah. had to be vaccinated to go to Lollapalooza. You either had to uh, show your vaccination uh, card or... Uh, show a COVID test, and they turned away people who didn't have them. But you know the, the the word on the street is you can spread it even if you're vaccinated. So, yeah, not as readily, but they say with the Delta variant more readily. Now, this segment is going to be tangentially about the Chinese bad fever. If you're sick and tired of it, but it's mostly about governance, yes, and, and government. Um, first of all, just a quick COVID note. Now there's a congressional report out that says, yeah, the vid was probably uh, starting to spread in September. In October of 2019, in Wuhan, yeah, and the yeah. Chinese covered it oh, up man. like crazy. Remember an opinion that was forbidden on social media not long ago. Yeah, don't get me started. I was explaining this whole thing to my son as I drove him back from football practice last night. September of 2019 is when this erupted in China. And the freaking, lying, death-dealing communists could have alerted the world and saved the lives of millions of people, $28 trillion in money spent, millions and millions of kids that missed out on school. All of that could have been avoided if they were a normal country, but they aren't. And it was not just a bad execution of socialism or communism. It was the very nature of the system that made it certain that they would cover up for themselves, that they would protect the Communist Party first and foremost, as they always, always do. And again, the cover-up began immediately because of the nature of communism. So many lives lost. If it had uh, come out in a normal country like the United States or Great Britain or Australia or name a whole bunch of countries, if if it had erupted in a normal country like that, uh, immediately, though, WHO, the world would have been alerted. The best scientists from around the world would have come in that have been quarantining all over the place, and it would have been captured in that one area at the very beginning. I, I believe that is probably true. Absolutely. It would have been a very, very different scenario. Uh, very, very quickly, it's worth pointing out that uh, you health professionals who are alerting us in early 2020 that, hey, guys, we had this weird rash of respiratory illness that we couldn't treat in November and December of uh, 2019. Uh, thanks for the tips. You people were absolutely right. It's almost certainly um, the beginning of the West Coast uh, spread of COVID from uh, people who traveled to China. Uh, you were right. Again, an, uh, an opinion that was uh, derided as a conspiracy theory and, and forbidden for a while by the great arbiters of truth in our nation's media and government. I wonder, uh, you know, maybe somebody who uh, knows more about these things than us uh, could weigh in on this. I wonder if we're not actually like the Delta variant is actually like the Epsilon or the what's the F? What's the F word for that? What comes after? I can't D? say the F word. 
Alpha, beta, gamma, delta, epsilon, zeta, eta, theta, theta, eta, zeta. Anyway, uh, we could easily be on several letters down the road, right? Since it was bouncing around starting in September, what we've been calling the alpha might actually have been C or D. Sure. Like what my son had, because he he had like in January of 2020, uh, he missed a whole week of school with a a COVID-like thing that they never identified. Could have been the early version. Mm Mm-hmm. Of that easily, yeah, definitely. So the main uh, thrust of what I wanted to talk about this segment is uh, a remarkably balanced article in the New York Times, the liberal New York Times, in which they're talking about. Well, the headline is "Americans suffer pandemic whiplash as leaders struggle with changing virus." Yeah, and they're talking about the wild inconsistencies of the messaging and how it's been done fairly poorly. And, and how uh, the Biden administration really hasn't done much better than the Trump administration. Different mistakes. But uh, the one thing that's interesting to me about a lot of this discussion is they don't recognize the fact that the, the virus precautions, the virus responses that we're all being asked to participate in, they're more like a weather forecast than an, a black and white thing. It began, then there's the middle, then there's the end. COVID is over. And I think a lot of people had that view of it. When it's much more a, a localized thing, local outbreaks, a number of cases and then infections and hospitalizations and the rest of it, and like weather forecasts, it's going to change. It's going to change fairly consistently. And and you're going to lay low for a while, and there's very, very little concern. And then, you know, maybe you're in the Midwest, it's tornado season, or you got hurricanes coming, or wildfires. It just, the situation changes, because that's the nature of disease. So I think why part do you, of it why do you think is... They do, why do you think they can't do that, though? Why do you think they don't do that? Why didn't Joe Biden come out? Because six days after he said, I repeat, if you've been vaccinated, you don't need to wear a mask. Six days later, his... White House was telling us we need to wear masks so that we could catch it, but he didn't come out and say the science change. We got a new, uh, we got new data. Here's what we've got, and so we've had to change our mind. Why don't they make it more clear? I think the answer to that question probably would require a really, really interesting book to be written, and it, and it may have been, but I think it's that they don't think the public can absorb anything. What? But the most dumb, dog simple. Uh, messages a- any subtlety any hey look this is the situation now but we got to keep an eye on it because it might get worse and then we got to go back to doing x y and z well ha- all mixed messages well haven't they noticed that this uh changing direction all of a sudden people are noticing that and reacting poorly as in like me we just don't believe anything anymore because you yes. just all of a sudden have a new guideline and don't explain it at all right right i think it's the hubris of the elite they assume we're stupid and they fashion all messages to the stupidest, stupidest among us, which is not a good way to go. Which brings me to a surprising piece I found in Slate.com. Slate is unforgivably liberal, uh, but they have an article called The Noble Lies of COVID-19. Do we want public health officials to report facts and uncertainties transparently, or do we want them to shape information to influence the public to take specific actions? And they are remarkably candid. And again, because I'm a bitter and hateful person, I will point out that even suggesting this was true six months ago would earn you a a, a 12-hour ban from Twitter or whatever. 
But they start with March 2020. Anthony Fauci, 60 minutes. He felt community use of masks was unnecessary. A few months later, he argued that his statements were not meant to imply that he felt the data to justify the use of cloth masks was insufficient. Rather, he said he'd endorsed mask wearing of any kind. If he had, mass panic would ensue. We'd gobble up all the N95 masks, and and the doctors and healthcare workers couldn't get them. Although they went into some emails with the Freedom of Information Act that revealed Fauci privately gained the same advice against mask use. Um, So it's not clear, but they think it's much more likely, yeah, he was just trying to hoard the masks for medical professionals which may have been admirable, but he knowingly lied when he said they won't do you any good, so don't use them. Yeah. How does uh, he possibly think that that's the best way to to move forward? Right. But then they write, but Fauci's reversal, which came at a time of political polarization, contributed to the evolution of masks from basic precautionary mitigation strategy to a badge of political allegiance. They talked about Trump and uh, mocking Joe Biden for the biggest mask he's ever seen. Biggest mask you've ever seen. You can see it from 100 yards away. One thing is beyond a doubt, however, one of those two statements did not accurately reflect the evidence as Fauci saw it. Such high-profile mixed messages in a short time frame without substantive new data to justify the change generated confusion and backlash from politicians, other experts, and the general public. And they get into, in a general sense, the noble lie thing. Um uh, in uh, Later in 2020, Fauci participated in a second noble lie. In December, he explained in a phone interview with a New York Times reporter uh, that he'd been moving the target estimate for herd immunity based in part on emerging studies. But he also said, when polls said only about half of all Americans would take the vaccine, I was saying herd immunity would take 70 to 75%. Then when newer surveys said 60% or more would take it, fewer, I thought, I can nudge this up a bit. So I started telling people it would take 80 or 85% to get to herd immunity. In other words, he nudged his target for herd immunity to promote vaccine uptake. Well, can we all just like learn a lesson from this and realize that whether you're, uh, uh, you know, the leader of your sales team or the CEO or in government like Fauci, this doesn't work. This trying to move us different directions by exaggerating or lying, trying to outsmart us, doesn't work. I know what'll motivate the idiots. Watch this. Because as soon as we catch on, we just don't believe anything you say, and you're you're done. You no longer can do anything. You no longer have any leadership. You've lost all leadership ability at that point. I agree completely. Uh, Coming up, uh, people who identify as animals. But a couple more quick examples. With the arrival of vaccines in early 2021, the potential for such deliberately misleading messages to backfire became more obvious. Key opinion leaders, agencies, and the CDC all articulated some version of, once you are vaccinated, nothing changes. Implying that experts did not know if it was safe to relax precautions and restrictions like masks or social distancing after getting immunized. But the stance was immediately called into question by others, including epidemiologists, who pointed to the high efficacy of the vaccines and suggested that some but not all social distancing measures could be relaxed. Ultimately, the no-change message, which may have been intended to discourage mass gatherings or out of fear of unvaccinated people lying about their status, uh, it may have been harmful. Surveys found that interest in vaccine increases if people are told that they can stop masking, so they change their message. And the fourth noble lie occurred more recently. On June 4th of this year, using data from February to March, the agency made the case that hospitalizations were rising in adolescence. 
It tweeted the report shows the importance of COVID-19 vaccination for adolescents. That tweet spurred a great deal of media attention and concern. It was true that hospitalization rates had risen. However, at the time of the press coverage, hospitalization rates in this age group had already fallen again. Numerous commenters immediately pointed out that the rise in hospitalization statistics promoted by the CDC was out of date the moment it was highlighted and raised questions about why the CDC would promote a dated statistic when the organization had access to -to up-to-date information. Long story short, they start with the result they want. They twist or or out-and-out make up or use dated data to justify that goal, and, and they just piss away pardon me their credibility mm-hmm. and, and and but they're so high and mighty and such elites i don't think they realize they're doing it uh no they're and so at this point now that we're a year and a half in they don't have any credibility with me i hear the cdc or fauci say anything doesn't mean a thing to me not a thing no i, I think i'll look into it myself yeah 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 doesn't mean anything it just opens up a new topic that i have to do research on my on my own but no i don't and i don't even come close to taking their word for it and I think most people are that way. Wow, that's not a good place to be. What's important to remember is if your college student comes home saying she identifies as a cat, you must take it seriously. Oh, boy. Do not, for the love of heaven, laugh or try to talk her out of it. This is a new thing? It's a thing. All right. I can't <laughs> wait to hear about it. And it's next. Armstrong and Getty. Armstrong and Getty Show. So we're going to talk about animals, and you play the 70s classic Cat Scratch Fever. Okay. Huh. Gotcha. Okay. Tracking. Tracking. Sure. You're going to need to take out a uh, pencil, a piece of paper to keep track of uh, some new terminology here. You think you've already been edumacated on the woke thing and the 53 genders and all, which which I'll explain in a minute or two. It's all bunk. It's all crap. You don't need to respect it. Just be nice to people, no matter who they are or what they look like. But this person happens to be a uh, indeterminate uh, sex slash gender. Not sure if it's a feller or a gal. Don't particularly care. Got uh, crazy hair dyed, one eyebrow dyed one color, the other the other, many, many piercings, uh, a unique-looking individual, no doubt. And in clip 90, their message begins. I made a really loud, yelly video about this, but I decided I will approach this in a more calm but stern manner. A lot of the people using kitty and pup and bunny self-pronouns are neurodivergent minors. It is a very what? common neurodivergent experience to feel a disconnect from being human mm-hmm. and from from the societal expectation of the gender you were assigned to birth. So what is that uh, term? Neuro- all right, just keep, uh, just keep going. So when you have this intersection of feeling a disconnect from being human and a disconnect from the societal expectation of gender, whether you're neurodivergent or not, a lot of people have this experience who aren't neurodivergent. It's just very common with neurodivergent people. When this intersects, you get noun self pronouns and animal noun self pronouns. If you are not comfortable using someone's pronouns because you assume it's kink for some weird ass reason, don't interact with them and just shut up about it. Okay, so let's begin at the beginning. 
We're being asked to respect to people with kitty self-pronouns, doggy self-pronouns, and bunny self-pronouns. So they are neurodivergent, meaning their their brain isn't quite typical. I've heard my daughter, who's on the autism spectrum, use the term neurotypical. So maybe it has something to do with that. But it's people who don't identify as male or female or human. And they tell you, yes, my pronoun is bunny. So I should not refer to you as she, her, or even they, or she, or anything. I refer to, and bunny came home. Yeah, but wait a second. I've got a dog, uh, like, at home this morning. I saw Pup Pup, uh, the pug. I don't refer to him as dog. Why not? Because you don't respect his choices? Hey, dog, come here. No, but in a uh, a form where you would use uh, a pronoun. Um, I'm looking forward to, I don't know this person's name, we'll say it's uh, 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 Pat. (laughs) Uh, I'm looking forward to Pat coming home. Bunny will be here at 8. Yeah, but I wouldn't say I look forward to Pup coming home. Dog will be here at 8. You would if you respected his pronouns. Those are people who use doggy self-pronouns because they don't identify as a gender or as their species. And we're not supposed to think that's somebody who really needs help. If we're not willing to go along with it, we're the ones who need help. The the parent in me is just seeing a troubled kid is what I'm seeing, which is, yeah. And them being encouraged to even go further down that road. Yeah. Yeah. We ought to play the first part of that tape again just so you can hear that's it. That's amazing. That, yeah, I'd say it is. Wow. And for all I know, five years from now, that will be the completely respected uh, frame of mind. Whoa. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. That's right. Three major cities now under assault by the militants. And a U.S. official, uh, official telling ABC News that American warplanes launching airstrikes every day for roughly the last two weeks. The fighting now heaviest in Lashkagar in Helmand in the south of the country, which you may remember used to be the base for American and British forces. There's now street-to-street fighting going on there. America's top general admitting the Taliban now control more than half of the 400 districts in the country, and it's the Taliban who has have strategic momentum there you go that's where things are in afghanistan right now did you know that we've been bombing in afghanistan every day for two weeks i didn't know that wow where are we launching from that's how little attention people pay play to this pay to this um uh and taliban now has about half the country and they've uh they've got all the rural areas so now they're attacking the major cities I keep hearing people say it's feared that the violence will spread and Afghan will uh, Afghanistan will find itself in a civil war. This, and I want to call, uh, uh, dear Afghanistan, you are in a civil war. Well, that and uh, there are concerns that the Taliban could retake the country. Is there anybody saying that's not going to happen? Anybody? Well, there are some who think the provincial capitals can be held, the cities. But well, what do you do? What does that mean? How would you feel? Well, it if means Was- you're not going to get your head sawed off if you live in one. How would you feel if Washington D.C. was safe, but the rest of the country was under the control of the Taliban? 
Yeah, I know it. I hear you. I hear you. Anyway, that's that story, and we'll talk about that another day. So I got into this conversation with my son last night, and I wanted to get uh, some different perspectives on this. So we've got Joe and I's perspective. Joe and I are almost exactly the same age. Do you know that, Alex? Joe and I are 10 days apart. Well, you're both 28? Yes. Mm -hmm. Joe is 10 days older than me, which explains his maturity. Um, then we have uh, like an, another decade down, you get to Michelangelo, and then you get to another decade or so down to Alex. So we got like three generations practically here. Um, of So my son, I pick him up for football practice last night, and uh, they're starting to practice in pads tonight for the first time. So that'll be kind of interesting to see when they're actually starting to hit each other. There's some sort of federal law or state law. You have to have eight practices before you're allowed to be in pads. They've got all kinds of rules mm. for this sort of stuff. But anywho... So I got into the conversation about, well, when school starts pretty soon, then you'll be practicing right after school, because he thought it was going to be like you come home from school and then go back. No, 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 you'll practice after school. And he said, so I'll wear my uniform to school? No, I said, no, you won't wear your football uniform to school. You'll wear your normal clothes, and then you'll change into your uniform after school. And he said, where? And I said, in the locker room. And then after practice, I suppose you'll take a shower and uh, and then put your regular clothes back on. I mean, that's the way we always did. And he said, a shower? What do you mean? Like, do we have separate stalls? And, oh, I, and, oh. I, and I said, <laughs> well, I said, I have no idea the way it works now. But certainly when I was young, we all stood in one great big open room with shower heads coming out of it and took showers, including the coaches. I mean, so there were. And she, mm. he, was, he was horrified. We, didn't have the, we did not have the coaches shower he with didn't. us. Okay, so this, no. see, these are all differing things here. Okay. So um, he was horrified at the idea of him and other students being naked in a room together. Now, so far, does that track with your experience in school, Michelangelo? Yes or no? Did you shower? Did you regularly shower in a big room with a bunch of other boys? Nobody showered. Period. There was one guy that showered and wanted to be naked all the time, and he was by himself. <laughs> so you were never... you supposed to be showering? It was optional, but everybody looked at each other, and nobody wanted to do it. Okay, Alex, your experience. Uh, we had one guy who showered every day after practice, but that's because he had religious observances afterwards. But he wore a pair of athletic shorts after he was done show- uh, after he was done with practice. But everybody else just went home sweaty. Went home in our cars. Went home, showered from home. What did, did a shower exist? Like, did a big shower room exist? We had them. We just nobody ever used them, but we had them. Wow, how interesting. That is interesting. Do you find it, both of you, Michael and Alex? Do you both find it? weird that for instance when i was in high school geez every day from fifth grade almost every day from fifth grade through graduating high school i showered in a big room full of other people does that seem weird i gotta say it kind of does for me yeah Uh yeah it does seem weird wow i was grateful for it because i had to go straight to work after baseball practice in a restaurant i couldn't be stanking I do, and there was I, no time to go home. But so did you get like get all sweaty doing sports or gym class or whatever, and then put your clothes on your sweat? Well, I ha- I had the luxury of having PE the last period of the day because that was our football practice. They uh-huh. use that as part of our football team. So for me, I could just go home after football practice. Now the circumstances. But you of- went home in your football clothes, or did you put on? You you take off your football clothes and put on like underwear and socks and everything over your sweaty body. That, I, I see, that a third, seems weirder to me than showering. I brought a third set of clothes. I brought just shorts and a t-shirt that I didn't care if they got ratty and gross. I went mm-hmm. home and showered in them any or okay. from them anyways. Text line four one five two nine five KFTC is the day of 
you finish getting all sweaty and everybody showers together over. Has that been gone for, is it dead as disco? And ladies, what's happening with uh, women these days, young women? What, what, are, what are the practices there? So, you you know, now that I think about it, there was only one coach that ever showered with us. Uh-oh. Coach Nasser. Hanson, can you jump on the microphone? You are yet yeah. from a different uh, uh-huh. socioeconomic age group and everything like that. Right. Showering as a group, yes or no? Yes. Yes. We were forced to. We and we and yeah, you know as I think I as now that you mentioned I don't think it was an option. Oh no. No it wasn't. It no. was required. They'd monitor you. They'd check to, to make sure everybody showered. We had one uh, gym teacher in particular, Don Honkamp, the dreaded Don Honkamp. He forced every boy into the shower. We all just stood there and looked up. You know, there were 30 boys all stuck together in the in the uh, locker room shower. So he, sh- he stood outside and waited for everybody to, to to get wet before they could come out. So you had to shower, but you were weirded out by it. Oh, uh, sure, yeah. That's weird. So the transition was already happening, because you're a little younger than Joe and I. Because I don't know about your experience, Joe, but we all showered, and nobody thought it was weird. And, I, and, and as far as I know, people weren't uncomfortable. Starting in uh, junior high, as we called it. Yeah, I think in middle school. F- fifth grade, when I started wrestling in fifth grade. And I don't remember being uncomfortable at all, really. I mean, my dad just told me, yeah, and then he'll shower. And I'm okay. And then just told well, me. Well, the, the varying levels of maturity at that age were, were interesting. Oh, yeah. You got, but, you got uh, the Sasquatch over there, who's hairy as a, well, hairy as Sasquatch. And then I am over here, you know, like a smooth as a dolphin. Uh, not to mention the. The Schwanstücke fairy had had already visited. Him. I don't recall <laughs> thinking about that. Well, you would have if you uh, played with some of the guys I did. <laughs> okay. You play with the seventy four dolphins. What you... <laughs> so yes, it was well, impressive. So, th- well, this is new news to me. So, I guess my son then won't probably shower. Would your guess be? He's going to get back in your car and he's going to stink. Yeah, uh, true that. Well, we've gone from the World War II era where, you know, we were raised by generations of people who either were, you know, showering and pooping and the rest of it with their fellow soldiers or in close quarters, extended family, whatever, into the much more, you know, private, uh, modest generations. But how how in the age of porn everywhere and, you know, more sexual stuff... More more nudity available than has ever been before. Is, is, is that's is, an interesting question? Is that are those completely unrelated? I don't know. I don't know. Um, now the, the I do remember hearing when I was young. Maybe it was from my uncle, who was a marine. I remember hearing that the and then in the Marine Corps in basic training they had a toilet in the middle of the giant barracks. And if you had to do number two, you just had to go over there with everybody in the room and just like just right there and do your thing. Yeah. And I and I was horrified by that. I thought, I'm not sure I can do that. And I, yes, was, me I, was, too. I was considering being a Marine. And so I just I, I thought, I don't know if I can do that. I can understand the the reason for that. But um, I didn't know if I Although could do that. Once, but once you get behind the surface of it, though, it's you're doing the, the, the most basic animal thing everybody does. There's no shame in it. So you what you got to break down those kind of uh, prissy little barriers I think and we're much uh, we're a much prissier society now. Yeah, but well for the marines, yes. You yes. can't be at a war and a guy is like all concerned about somebody's going to see him use the bathroom. 
But since we're not training a bunch of warriors in seventh grade, uh, is it necessary that they get hardened to the idea of seeing other boys naked? (laughs) So you've never seen... So you could go through your whole life never seeing another man naked in person. That's the plan. Not that you... (laughs) I prefer it, yeah. Uh, Bunch of homophobes here. Not that you need to, but I have seen... Thousands of naked males uh, in my years of showering stuff like that. When you go to the gym, no, like gyms, like you sign up for a gym membership. Do, do people shower there? No. Oh, I I do, but I tend to you know cover up and I walk back. But there's guys uh-huh. who are just walking out naked as a jaybird back to their lockers, and those guys always get kind of the side eye, like eh, be modest. Yeah, that, that, that does seem clear to me. Some guys really enjoy the nudity. You know what's funny is sometimes you'll get that in a golf locker room. I mean, because most guys, they you, know, you play golf, you go home, even if you belong to a golf club or whatever. Uh, you know, maybe you change your shoes or whatever in in the locker room. But there are some guys who will shower up, which is fine. They got somewhere to go. And then you got the one guy out of five hundred who will just walk out of the shower, dry off, and 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 let Richard swing as he walks across the locker room back to his line. No towel on him or whatever. Or stand there and start a conversation with you and talk and talk and just think, you know, why don't you take the 10 seconds to put on your underwear and then start the conversation take your time i'll be right here yeah. <laughs> that's the plan michael says that's just interesting I, i'm not sure it matters at all but in a very short time span it went from perfectly normal to be around thousands of other people of uh, your own gender naked to not a chance ever in your life i don't know it just seems interesting to me is it a form of Puritanism? Is it, it like I was saying? Is it getting away from a warrior society? Because warrior societies don't worry for a single half no. second about any of that. Well, the Puritanism—that was why I brought up the porn and everything like that. You know what's available on TV and billboards and stuff like that. We're less puritanical on that front than maybe any society's practically ever been. So it can't be that. I think I got it. I okay. think because at least in middle school and high school. Everybody's changing and everything's so weird for these young boys. And while they put out this, you know, masculinity, this machismo of, oh, I'm older and I'm wiser now, I'm a senior in high school, everybody's still so self conscious inside. So maybe that's just a layer of vulnerability that nobody's willing to share. But I wonder when it changed and I wonder who, who made the decision. How did it change culturally all across the country at the same time? What were the driving forces? Great point. I, I, I really don't know. I, I really don't know. Concern about pedophilia, uh, pervo coaches. I don't. I don't know. Oh, and then we do need to throw in that you, Joe's dad, who's told this story on many times on the radio, it was swimming class. Uh yeah. In uh, I believe it was a Catholic high school in the Bronx. Uh, you had no bathing suits. You swam in the nude. And it's funny. I just ran into somebody else. I was having a conversation, and they had the same experience. Now, the, roughly the same generation. That has always struck me as odd. What's the? It makes sense to shower without clothes on. Yes. Why are you swimming with nothing on? Reduces drag. I don't know. <laughs> because you had pervo Catholic priests who had an opportunity to have a whole bunch of young men naked. That's why. I wonder. I don't know how widespread that was in the. This would be. Ah, uh, the end of the 40s, uh, early 50s, first half you, of the 50s. I can tell you pretty much how widespread it was. Very, very widespread it was. Oh, the, pet, the, the pedophilia? I don't know about the swimming naked, but certainly the pedophilia was, by all documentation. Mm-hmm. The yeah. Catholic Church in those days was absolutely shot through and through with pedophiles. Mm. So, yeah, I think, that's what, I think that's what was driving that. Now, the change in showering, I have no idea. If you have any comment, text line is... And I don't think it's important, it's just... 
Why? Okay, it's coming together in my mind, and if some of you are way ahead of us, again, text 415-295-KFTC, or if you'd prefer to email mailbag at armstrongandgetty.com. I wonder if some of it had to do with pedophilia, liability. Oh. Um, you just if you if you can avoid having a bunch of children naked, probably best to avoid it. Wow, it worked for well, probably since the dawn of man, really. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What, what well, they, we're a decadent empire, and it's uh, later stages. Does anybody know what they do in other countries? Is it the same way all around the world? Developed nations, people don't shower in groups anymore. I don't know. Text line four one five two nine five KFTC. Armstrong and Joe Getty, the Armstrong and Getty Show. Men's basketball, the U.S. looking for its fourth straight Olympic gold taken on Spain in the quarterfinals. Kevin Durant leads the American team with 29 points in 31 minutes. 95-81 is your final. The U.S. improves to 3-1, advancing to the semifinals and keeping the drive for a fourth consecutive gold alive. Okay, there you go. U.S. women's soccer out, but men's basketball still moving on. So we were talking last segment about uh, how uh, my son has started playing football and uh, has mentioned to him the idea of showering at school, and he was horrified by it. And now I feel bad that I've, you know, he probably laid in bed last night thinking, oh, my God, I'm going to have to shower. And he's not going to have to shower with a bunch of other people based on the conversation we just had with uh, younger folks and seeing these texts. Got this text. I'm 36. Showering in school would have been crazy to us. Just hmm. unheard of. And we got a bunch of texts like that. And then from... So culture is fascinating to me. How culture changes and why. Oh, absolutely. That's the most interesting topic if, as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, so how did we go from a culture of, of course, everybody showered together after sports to that would be insane. And it's got to mean something. I can't nail down that it's important in any way or that it's better or worse, but it changed. Why? Mm -hmm. You know, a couple of quick uh, comments via the email line. Uh, Went to public school in Rockford, Illinois, took a shower before going in the pool, swam naked, took showers afterward. And then uh, this one, uh, you swim naked so you don't have hundreds of wet suits with no place to dry them. Yeah, somebody said that uh, cotton getting in the filters was a problem. Maybe, I don't know, it would also be a good <laughs> pervo priest's excuse to have uh, naked kids swim in front of them, too. But Joe Maybe. Biden swims naked in front of Secret Service agents, and he went to a Catholic school. Maybe it's just a thing. I don't know. Now, this is interesting, and I will be writing back to uh, Dr. Mike, but Mike says, I'm a pediatrician, taught sexual health issues for two decades. If you want to know the whole story, let me know. We do, actually, Mike. I also feel, as showers went away, body Dyson Rue disorders, terms I don't know, and objectification skyrocketed. Kids learn all their body knowledge from porn now. Wow, that's interesting. So your only experience with seeing another naked human is pornography. Right. So you would have you would have the average young man has never seen normal people, norm, other normal kids naked, his peers. You've never seen your peers, average peers naked, but you have seen people in porn who are almost always very, very good looking. Yes, that and well endowed, could of mean, course. That could actually mean something. 
That yeah. actually means something. So that is pretty interesting that this whole body shaming, body, you know, I'm concerned about my body thing seems to coincide pretty closely with the disappearance of showering. I don't know. Hmm. Interesting. Uh, I was on the Cardinal Hayes New York Catholic High School swim team in 1954. I don't think Cardinal Hayes is where my dad went, but that sounds almost right. We used the NYU swimming pool and had to practice in the nude. Priests were assistants or titled sponsors and observed our practices. We wore bathing suits at all swimming meets, competitive, even when the meet was held at NYU. No. I thought it was weird and quit after one season. Yeah, I think, uh, I think we have two different topics on the swimming Catholic church thing. I mean, yeah, well, the documentation is out there about Catholic schools, particularly in the Northeast, what was going on. I mean, it was... Yeah, yeah. But yeah. The, the, the disappearing of seeing your peers... What their bodies actually look like could have a lot to do with all the things you hear about. Well, the idea of shame and I guess shame is the right word of of, you must never have your body seen ever under any circumstances. I don't think that's healthy. You know, and I hate to be just a knee jerk. My generation had it right because it's not like I voted on it. But it, it gave you a, uh, hey, everybody's different, I'm fine feeling about your body. Sure, absolutely. That might be significant. If I was a younger person, I'd do like some sort of college term paper on that somehow. Sounds like a good idea. Then submit it to us. All these young people that are struggling with body issues, it's because they haven't seen normal people's bodies and realize this is what we all look like. Right, and it's fine. And it's fine. Armstrong and Getty.